we are again, Tim, and uh, I must admit I'm pretty excited, as excited as you can be in these times. We've got a fabulous guest uh, coming on, which I'll let you introduce in a moment. But first of all, I'd just to get, like to give this little disclaimer just in these times so that people understand what we're doing. So just before we begin the podcast, we would like to advise that the information given in this podcast is general in nature and that you should seek guidance personally in, relate, in relation to your own circumstance with your own practitioners. We would also like to advise that the material is changing rapidly with the advent of COVID-19. There we go. Um, there we go, Tim. Can you uh, introduce our new guest, please? Nice to see you, Mark. Oh, look, I forgot to say that, but I'm... You know, From a distance. Oh, it's so far away. I mean, if we sound like we're in an echo chamber, it is because we are social distancing to the extreme here today. It's good. Uh, well, Mark, today we have on Brett Holloway from Findex in Ballarat, who is one of Ballarat's most highly regarded accountants, I would say. I tell you what, I'm ex- I told you I was excited. I'm really excited now. That's a fantastic person to get on in these times. So, Brett, how are you? Uh, well, thank you, Tim. That's good. So, Mark, what we wanted to do today was a bit of a COVID-19 update, I suppose. So there's all this stimulus stuff in the news, and I don't know about you, Mark, but I'm not fully understanding of it all, and it's not in simple terms. Well, I I think I've been trying to keep up with it, and if if everybody's like me, you'd be a little bit not sure of certain things, of like classic cases, do I... I do I suit the information that's been given? Am I in line to receive any uh, remuneration? Do we just keep going the same? There's a lot of questions. So we thought we'd get someone on much smarter than us, which wouldn't be hard, but much smarter than us who might be able to simplify things a little bit. It's especially not hard to get somebody smarter than you, Tim, but I should leave that alone. This is a serious podcast today. So, Brett, it is fantastic to have you here, and we really appreciate you coming on and uh, giving your time today. Thank you, Mark. Well, it's certainly interesting times. The information, as you say, is coming out hour by hour, day by day. Uh, You can't really even say week by week because in a week a lot of things can change. Um, But we are all in this together. Uh, The government at all levels, so both state and all states and federal, uh, the banks, Centrelink, ATO, everyone's working on this to try and get us through. Now, the Prime Minister's talking six months. We don't know whether it's going to be weeks, months or or how many it's going to be. So as a result, all the normal rules and procedures about the way Parliament would sit, they're all out and there's a range of quick decision-making, assistance packages are in. Mm. Uh, And more recently there's been, uh, you've probably seen, there's you you see the word stimulus. Um, Well, the first one started 12th of March. Now, that was only three weeks ago. Seems forever away. It, it does, and I must admit I've been, been surprised at the, the pace of them coming out too. Not, not only was there the first stimulus, but then it seemed to follow on really quickly. Brett. There's so, been another tour on so, top of that. So what happened on the 12th of March? Brett? Well, 12th of March was, was probably the softest measures that, uh, that came in, and it was surprisingly, uh, in hindsight, was aimed at business investment. Now, I'm not sure how many businesses would be investing at this time. Um, but I think they're redu- mostly reducing their investment to try to, try to survive. Well, that's they? right. It's all about survival and, and, and cash flow at the moment. But they have increased the instant asset write-off, uh, which was sitting at 30000 That's been increased to 150000 for any asset purchase from the 12th of March uh, through to the 30th of June. So there's a limited window there. So in simple terms, Brett, is that, say, if I went and purchased a car rather than depreciated over years, I can... Write it off straight away. Is that what correct? That means? Any any asset, uh, yep. new or second hand. Okay, not oh, second hand as well. And that's a surprise. I thought it would only be new stuff to try and generate 
the economy in that way, but no, secondhand as well. For this measure, secondhand is fine, and you don't necessarily have to buy it straight up with cash. You can also finance it. Yep. So that was thirty, and that's now one hundred and fifty. Correct. Yep. Okay. That's simple. Correct. And then they're, they're extending that a little bit further from the first of July. The thirty thousand immediate write-off was due to drop to a thousand dollars on the first of July. Oh goodness, that's a big drop, isn't it? Yeah. So what they're doing is they're introducing a new accelerated depreciation deduction, which is going to run for f- basically fifteen months through until 30 June next year, 2021, okay. um, whereby you'll get 50% upfront of, uh, of the cost of that asset and then normal depreciation rates on the balance. Those ones, though, these assets are for new assets only. Right, so, not second okay. new Correct. assets only on those ones. Correct. Well, that's what I thought they all would have been, so you've, you've taught me something already, which is great. Mm. Hmm. Very okay. good. Well, that one, I think I understand that one. That's pretty straightforward. Yeah, I think most people would understand that it's really about encouraging people to buy things for their business so that they can continue to improve. And I suppose also with what I'm hearing that some businesses are actually having to change the way that they work. So it might go towards some of that sort of product that they have to use to actually change the way they do business. That's right, and depending on the industry, there's there's some that will be able to take um, take opportunity out of this. If you're if you're running a supermarket or or something which is very much in demand, then they could well have a tax problem by the time they get to 30 June. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. Right, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. What's next, Brett? Uh, well, then, flowing on from that, I guess there was two more stimulus packages. Um, Ten days after that one, on the 22nd of March, the the main stimulus package uh, kicked in. And then only this week on Monday, there was a bit of a turnaround on that with the announcement of the JobKeeper subsidy. Okay. So how do you want to run through this, Brett? Well, there's that much information out there. Um, Try not to read too much on Facebook or get your advice from (laughs) from there. So you're Um, telling us that Facebook is not a a viable source? Just listen to the podcast. Unless it's it's a podcast by by Tim Menz and Mark, then probably not. Um, There is a heap of information out there, though. Um, There are very good fact sheets on the Treasury website at treasury.gov.au. For business, there's also a very good one, which is business.gov.au, which is the Australian government website for business. We might put a link to them when I post this up. Yeah, that would be a great idea, so Mm. people can... They don't have to be furiously scribbling. Oh, that's right. And that's why we've tried to pull together. Um, There's a whole range of measures, and I think the easiest way is probably to sort them into those that affect individuals and those that affect business, okay. keeping in mind that there will be some crossover along the way between right. individuals well, and why businesses. why don't we start with individuals? Individuals, all right. Um, you might have seen on the news this morning, I saw the snapshot that in, in the US now there's something like 10 million people unemployed. Wow. Um, it's almost we, all of our country. It's hard to believe, isn't it? Correct. And, uh, and so I can see the government are scrambling to try and keep, uh, keep the economy afloat, keep people employed as such, um, and, and avoid... Uh, avoid a lot of that by, I guess, uh, generally gently putting businesses into hibernation. So they've, they have introduced a safety net to support individuals and they've basically got a six-month period. So they're running from the 1st of April through to the 30th of September. So that sort of gives you a good idea that they're probably expecting it to run this long, well, but we're all going to be in this for at least six months. Mm-hmm. And I think this morning I actually heard the Prime Minister talking about that very fact that it was going to be... Well, you should be be ready to do this for six months. So it really is important you know this information that you're giving yeah. us, Brent. And, and I guess we can we can only rely on what's happening overseas, and we can we can learn from them, and hopefully mm. get get ahead of what they're doing and prevent some of the issues they've got. 
So with, um, with individual measures, um, to be able to support people cash flow-wise, they've expanded the eligibility to income support payments. So that's your, uh, your youth allowance and your job seeker and your Aus study and your AB study and, and the likes. And they've also widened it to include sole traders and the self-employed, okay. which, which have pretty much been excluded in the past. For anyone who's, who's currently on uh, an income support payment like that, there's the introduction of a new short-term, which again is your six months, coronavirus supplement. Right. And that's paid at $550 a fortnight, uh, and that'll kick in from the 27th of April. So that's on top of what you're currently getting? Correct. And that's administered through Centrelink? Through Centrelink. So it, it actually makes sense with sole traders. If I go back to previous industry I was in as a performer, nearly every one of those performers, and that whole industry is shut down, they can't earn any, earn any money, and most of those people would be sole traders. Correct. And, and in the past they would have struggled to access something like this because of all the hoops and waiting period and paperwork that goes with it. Yeah, and they would have also had to satisfy job-seeking um, arrangements, which clearly... There is no jobs in their particular field, so it's very hard to satisfy that. So that makes a bit of sense to it me. It does, and, and exactly what you're saying, Mark, um, there's been uh, an accelerating of the claims process, so they're simplifying some of the requirements and they're streamlining the process generally. So they're reducing the means testing, they're waiving the waiting periods, there's no need for a separation certificate, you can just jump straight into it. And get it. Okay, good. Yeah, that that's fantastic. That makes a lot of sense, yeah. that one. Um, and I guess we should just talk about the, um, about the job seeker type payment. Um, it's administered by Centrelink, and that's why you would have seen you would have seen the long lines at the Centrelink offices, mm-hmm. uh, together with uh, the news headlines about the pressure on their website and yeah, the mic and not yeah. being able to handle it and that. So on Monday, this all this all changed with the introduction of a new job keeper payment, and we'll talk more about that as we as we go along. But but in short, um, that's administered by the tax office, which is therefore administered by employers. Mm-hmm. And so this is where you hear about the $1,500 per fortnight for six months. And that's to keep people on that would otherwise be stood down. Correct, or who may have already been stood down, and now we've got to do a bit of a back face and, and circle back around and try yeah, and pick, it, pick these people up. I know there's been a little bit of noise about this particular one, why wasn't this one out earlier so that people weren't stood down in the first place. But I suppose it's all very easy in hindsight, and they're going through a lot of things all in one go, aren't they? That's just, uh, I got in trouble last week. That's just Mark's phone going off. Naughty Mark. Oh, it was. I hoped I'd never get caught with that. And Tim Menz has got me back. Uh, That's just not much fun. Sorry, so, sorry for so the rudeness with, there. Uh, we need to let Brett keep going. We've got a few things to get through. Here, otherwise, so we'll be here for an hour. Very go good. for Brett. Um, so, with those, going back to the coronavirus supplement at 550 a fortnight, anyone who's also on an income support payment, they'll also get two separate $750 lump sum payments. Uh, which is classed as an economic support payment. And the first payments of those are starting to roll now. They rolled from the 31st of March, and then there'll be another 750 running from 13th of July. So do people need to apply for them, Brett, or they'll just no, get So them? if, if yep. you're already on a payment, or if you're new to a payment, then you'll just be eligible along the way. Okay. So that'll be also your, also your pensioners and other Centrelink recipients will pick up these two lots of right. 750. So if they... Could, You may not be able to answer this one, but if you've lodged an intent to claim and your whole claim hasn't gone through, would that be sufficient for them to actually make that payment, do you think? Uh, Look, I I think the answer is yes, um, because by lodging the intent, uh, that draws the line in the sand as to the date of eligibility. Yeah, that's what I thought. And then they'll backdate any payments to that date. Fantastic. We're learning a lot already, Tim. (laughs) 
No. <laughs> and there's one smaller. There's one smaller, I guess, um, uh, measure for individuals, and it's in relation to early access to superannuation. Mm-hmm. Um, generally, you, you you can't access your super if you're under preservation age, but they've created a new compassionate grounds of release, um, whereby if you meet certain circumstances, you can access up to ten thousand dollars of your super before one July and then another $10,000 from 1 July through to 30 September. Mm-hmm. Um, now, there's, there's certain, there's this, certain circumstances that have to be met there, though. Yeah, this, it's also interesting um, taxability on that, is because generally if you are at preservation age, you've got uh, tax benefits by not having Correct. to pay t- said tax. That's right. But if you're still working, obviously, uh, and withdrawn 10000 would that be pursuant to be taxable? No, they're actually classing it as a tax-free payment. That's, that, that makes a lot of sense, because I was just thinking otherwise it's going to bring, could even bring you into another bracket. Hmm. Yeah. So obviously with that one, Brett, you know, people just need to consider too that that's going to have a big effect on the other end. Correct. You know, yeah. Take well, out $10,000 dollars now, by the time they retire, it won't make much difference to you, Mark. You'll be there soon. But for most people... Um, it's going I, to make a big difference. I'd agree with that, Tim, but I'm probably more uh, used to working out things like compound interest to know how much that really means at the other end. <laughs> yeah. Just had to get one back there, Brett. Yeah, Sorry about good. that. But there's always good. a little bit of jousting on this podcast. I did see that, Tim. I did see a, a report recently where it said if uh, someone who's in their early 30s, if they were to pull 10000 out of super, not only has the super fund balance reduced, so you're crystallising that amount that's come out, that, that could make a difference of sixty, seventy, eighty thousand dollars $80,000 by the time they get to retirement. And then if you do two lots, like the 10 and another 10. So Correct. I think most advisors would be saying that it's probably a last resort. It'd have to be a last resort but if you don't apply to anything else, people, maybe. So yeah, that's an advice. Correct. Correct. advice. Gee, we talk about that a lot, Tim, and we, we certainly still present that for everything that's been given today as per the disclaimer at the, the start. I think it's always very important uh, to take this information and go and seek your own personal mm. advice, just to make sure that it's right for you, because we're talking in general terms always. Correct. And I guess as, a, as an individual, um, as can a business, um, it's just about survival and just getting through cash flow-wise for the next, let's say, six months. So as, as an individual, if, if things are getting tough, um, then you've got the opportunity to go to your bank and... If you've got a mortgage, have a look at your repayments. Either get your payments reduced down to the to the minimum to get you through, uh, or look at reducing or, or even having a, a repayment holiday or pausing the repayments. Yep. Um, again, those those measures are still are still coming out. I see last night where I think it was Westpac. Um, so generally, if you're going to pause your repayments, they'll capitalise the interest. Yes. And then at the end of this period, they'll just re-stretch your loan out for another X number of months or years. Yep. But I did see where they're going to forego part of um, or part of the interest or something like that. Okay, yeah, um, I think they're all a little bit different, but I think you won't just it won't just disappear. They'll add it on the back end some way or another. Yeah. But so. again, it's about survival. If you can't afford to pay it now, yeah. and, and your house is going to be on the line, you just got to do what you can do to get through the six months. Yeah, and if okay. it means paying for a couple more years, uh, realistically, um, if you're fairly early in your homeowning cycle, that's a small price to pay, really, mm. isn't it? If it, yep. if it allows you to keep your house. So, Correct. So is that individuals covered? Well, I think so, well, unless yeah. there's any questions that you blokes have got on it. No. No, look, I think well, look, you've done a good job of explaining explaining that. I mean, there's, it's quite clear that it's changing daily, but um, uh, it, that, that gives me a bit more understanding of what it is. 
So what about for businesses? Yeah, businesses are probably the big, the big ticket items, and that's where a lot of the um, stimulus is being pushed, because the government is desperate to, to keep businesses uh, as best as they can, and more so to keep workers employed. Well, I suppose if they don't, we'll end up in that to- horrible R word in total recession, and maybe even the D word, which is a depression, and we sit, and, I, and that would take years and years and years to get out of. So, to me, this makes the most sense, even more than the individual stuff, is to keep employers viable, so that when we do get to the other end of it, they can come out and be ready to trade. Correct. So, what are they offering, Brett? Well, the biggest, I guess, the biggest measure is probably um, what they're called. Now, of course, there's um, there's titles across all of these. There's the cash flow boost, and this is aimed at businesses that that have employees or or that employ. And the way they're structuring it is that businesses can be eligible for a credit for the tax they've withheld from wages. Right. Now, in the first uh, in the first stimulus package that came out, there was um, there was a little bit of that. And then by the time they got 10 days later to Stimulus 2, they've increased that dramatically. So what it means is that um, basically a business will get a refund for the tax they've withdrawn or withheld from wages for employees. So there's a total, there's a minimum as well. So regardless of how much you hold, pretty much a business will get a a minimum credit of $20,000. So to give an example, Brett, so if you employed me and say you paid me $1,000 a week and the tax was $300 a week. So, so you took $300 a week out of my pay to pay the tax office. Are you saying you as the employer will get that $300 a week back? Correct. Yep. Correct. In fact, that 300 a week, so if, you, if you're lodging quarterly, mm-hmm. then that's, that's going to be more like $3,000 by the end of the quarter. Yep. So the refund would be that 3000 Okay. But that's subject to a minimum. The minimum is actually 20000 Okay, so even if I had, say, in that case, two employees and I might pay $8,000 in tax, I'm going to get 20 back. Correct. And that's a minimum of twenty. Yep. To a maximum of $100,000. Okay. So that really, in, in, with my limited mathematics, suits the small business in particular because, obviously, if you've got a huge... Uh, payroll of people, with only having 100,000, it's not going to matter as much. But if you're only, as Tim said, you've got two or three employers, that's a a pretty good incentive. Mm. That's right. That's $20,000 as a cash flow boost. Mm. Now, keep in mind, it's not $20,000 up front, and it's not a $20,000 refund. So it's done over two stages. The first stage is done with the March quarter BAS, or activity statement, be it either monthly or quarterly. If it's monthly, then there's rules around the way they're working out the monthly, they're grossing it up by three to get to the amount. But in short, if you're a quarterly lodger, you'll get 10000 in the March quarter. Right. Once you've hit that trigger, there's then 25% of that in the June quarter, which is mm-hmm. another 5000 Yep. and then another 25% in the September quarter, which is another 5000 So it's essentially over the next three quarters. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Now, keep in mind, though, it's not necessarily a refund. It's a credit. Yes. So if you've still got... Um, other liabilities on your BAS for GST and, and other items... You'll still have to pay that. It'll offset those first. Mm. Once yeah. you then get to a credit, you can get that amount refunded. Yeah, so you're not necessarily just going to get $20,000 in your bank account. But, it, but what it is doing is stopping you actually paying out $20,000 that you would have otherwise had to pay well, out. Well, that's right. Good incentive. It yeah, is a great incentive, really yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, if you've got, um, I guess as talking about employment side of things, if you've got apprentices, 
There's also wage subsidies uh, for apprentices and trainees, uh, which is basically where you'll, you'll get, um, get a credit or a refund for half of their wages for the nine months. Okay. And that's the that's nine months good. from the 1st of January through to the 30th of September. Okay, that's good. That's a great one. Uh, so for some, some employers, that, that would be some of their bigger amounts. Yes, yeah, makes certain, certainly makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess other further measures for cash flow, um, the banks at this time you'd expect might be getting a little bit nervous, <laughs> but, but if anything, um, I think they're probably jumping on board because they can see, they can see the longer term rather than the shorter mm. term, and the government have jumped in behind them, and the government have guaranteed 50% of new short-term unsecured loans for businesses to a maximum of $250,000 per business. Okay, so what's an example of that, right? Uh, so you need, to, uh, you need to keep the doors open and you know you've got certain fixed costs over the, the coming time that you need to meet. Your cash flow is all but, all but stuffed. Um, so you go to your bank and the bank will put the application in and you can get unsecured, which is important. Um, yeah, so it's and, not, not relevant to a building yeah, or to the that's business, right. it's just money. Yeah, because the banks know that the, the government have got them by half, got their backing, yeah, yeah, got okay. their backing by half, um, and that might just be enough to prop you up and get you through and, until uh, things pick up again. Okay, that's good. Uh, so most of that's at federal level. Um, each state has its own little scheme to different things for their state taxes. And at a state level in Victoria, there's also payroll tax refunds. So if you're an employer who's subject to payroll tax, um, by application, you should have got an email from the State Revenue Office. Uh, if not, then by application, you can get the current financial year refunded of the payroll okay. tax you've paid already. So do most businesses pay payroll tax? Uh, only, only where they've got bigger payrolls. Okay. It's, yep. tw- it's 20 people, isn't it? Is, uh, uh, no, it's, based on, it's based on turnover, and I'm a bit hazy on payroll tax, but your, your gross wages needs to be above five or $600,000. Okay, yeah. so it's more your... It's medium. your medium to larger businesses yeah. rather than small business. Which That's is, right. Yeah. Uh, so you get a refund of everything that you've paid already for the financial year, and then you won't have to pay any for the, for the next three months okay. through to, through to 30 June. Yep. Um, on top of those sort of ATO and state ones, there's, there's also a range of grants that might be available at both a state and federal level. Some of these can be a bit difficult to access, um, and most of them by the website are just sort of an intent to register. But I did see more recently um, that the Victorian government currently has a business support fund um, by application, depending on circumstances where they've got a pot of money to a limit of $10,000 per business. So if you jump onto the Victorian uh, government website, uh, it's actually pretty easy to get around and you'll just see the, see the links or the boxes for those. Okay. You can just tick on those and then go through the hoops. You may or may not get it, but there's, there's 10 Let's grand go. there. Absolutely. Let's go. And it looks like that's in the form of like a grant, so it's not any... So once you've got it, you've got it. There's, there's not right. really anything else about that. Correct. Yeah. yeah you just got to go through the hoops of the eligibility and the application and all the wording that goes with it. Yeah. Um, and then I guess it goes to a panel. Um, although the way things are happening, there's not much in the way of panel and consultation. It's just rolling stuff out. Well, I probably don't have time to sit and oh, get no. a panel the way it's moving because it's, it's moving so quickly. That's isn't right. It? And a lot of this stuff, I think Parliament's not due to meet till next Tuesday or Wednesday, but we've got to roll with this anyway because we can't wait till next week. So that'll actually just get passed through the through the um, various houses to make it, it will, to yeah. make it law. And, and the opposition have been quite good. They've um, they haven't stood in the way of much. Um, they're they're in the they're in the background, and certainly they. They've got their uh, their input into the process, but by the time it goes into Parliament, it pretty much goes straight through. 
So, Brett, does that cover off businesses then? I reckon it does. Okay. So is there anything else? Well, I, just, um, I guess just a word of caution, um, just around employment and employees, um, because they are probably, or both employers and employees are the biggest affected numbers, um, just be aware of any responsibilities that an employer might have around awards and agreements and fair work obligations. Mm. Now, that, that is also changing daily. I see yesterday where fair work are looking at introducing um, a new category of coronavirus leave, which is two weeks of unpaid leave. I did hear that, yes. And there was yeah. also the 50% where you could um, take your leave and get it halved for a certain period of time Yeah, I think, well. I think they were looking to have uh, potentially take the annual leave at half pay or something. Yeah, so you could actually effectively stretch it out to be double what mm. you've got. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So just, I guess, just be be careful around um, around the awards and the agreements, and um, I, th- I think the the pace at which it's moving is is fine, but you just don't want to be circled back and be in be in trouble for too much. You don't want to come out the other end and you've got litigious stuff s- sitting there because you actually have acted rashly. Yeah. Brett, I have a question in regards to the uh, job keeper. So the fifteen hundred dollars per fortnight. Yes. Now, obviously, there'll be some guidelines around how you access that. In terms of that money that comes in, so $1,500 a fortnight, is that taxed? Does the business have to pay tax on that, or how does the tax on that? Oh, gee, that's a good question, Tim. Yeah, so the the $1,500 per fortnight, um, for an employer to access that, they need to jump onto the tax office website and register an intention, and then to be eligible which is a little bit tricky at the moment, is to be able to demonstrate that the business has got a 30% reduction in turnover on uh, on a similar period okay. last year. So, so you look at a previous year and see if you, how, you, how your returns are Well, about. monthly or quarterly or really whatever you can do to get it through. We haven't seen too many at the moment that can satisfy the 30%, mm. but we can certainly see at some stage it'll all drop off the cliff and all fall into into yeah, that category. Right. But I, mean, to I suppose if you're a cafe... You've, oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's pretty easy. That's right, yeah. But because they account yeah, on cash basis... a hotel that's had to close the doors altogether, a number of those would be surely 30% yeah. down already. That's right. So, so with that, to answer your question, Tim, um, so the 1500 comes in to the employer mm-hmm. and then the employer pays that out to the employee as normal wages. So it's wages subject to withholding tax. Yeah. So right. pay as you go, withholding comes yeah. out of it. Um, and then you've just got to be a little bit um, wary of the superannuation consequences mm. on it. That's right, because you still would have that on top. Well, that, that's a good, that's a good uh, comment there, Mark. Um, it's actually up to the discretion of the employer as to whether they pay the super on the whole 1500 a fortnight because the employer's only obligated to pay the super on their normal salary. So if you've got an employee... So it's extra, it would be extraordinary salary. Yeah, so case. it means that if you've got an employee that was only on $1,000 a fortnight... Yes. ..and you're getting $1,500 as an employer, you're obligated to send that 1500 through to the employee. So they're actually getting a pay rise, really, They are, terms. but technically you only have to pay the super on their normal $1,000. Right, so okay. the extra $500, you are not getting to get caught with that. Well, that's right. It's at the discretion of the employer. You might decide it's just as easy to put it through. Everything that goes through has super on it. Mm. But then if you've got somebody who was casual and they were only earning 
$300 a fortnight. And they're suddenly going to be eligible for 1500 You've then got to determine they might not have been eligible for super anyway if it was less than 450 in a calendar month. Mm. All of a sudden you may now have a liability for them. So okay. it's at the discretion of the employer. That's an interesting one, that one. Gee, it's amazing what you what uh, people who are in the know think about that we probably would never even have thought of, Tim. So, Brett, if I'm, well, whether I'm mum and dad business or, you know, high-end business, who do I turn to for guidance on all these things? I, I go to the website, but do I go to my accountant? Is that the best person for me to speak to? Or? That's what we're finding at the moment, yes. Um, yeah. we're, we're fielding a lot, of, a lot of calls and emails, um, and uh, I just keep a notebook of... of the various issues we've got, knowing that at some stage we've got to circle back. Now, I'm still waiting to see what's going to happen with, with rents on a commercial basis and on mm. a residential basis, and I've got a list of clients that I know that are going to be affected by that yep. um, in a whole range of industries. So it's a case of circling back and then getting back to them and saying, right, this is, this is what's going on. So I think we might we won't speak on it much, Mark, but my understanding of the rentals is we're waiting on the states to come out with their... Oh, ab- absolutely, absolutely. So. And, and from our point of view, there are, there are already people who are who are tenants or renters, as they're going to be changed the name to soon, who are actually already inquiring and and what we're doing is sending them out a form to get all their information so then it can be processed when we do know more, because we don't. And we will, uh, certainly to all of our landlords, we'll release an update as soon as we know what... Oh, absolutely. And I suppose just for the... while, While I'm thinking about that, it's probably... We haven't mentioned that this particular podcast is happening on the 3rd of April, because just in case people are listening to it, the way things are moving on the 7th of April, I, I think that um, you need to be aware of when and where we've actually made that uh, those statements as best that we possibly do. I think you're right, Mark, and you probably even need to say that uh, it's currently 11 o'clock in the morning. Well, that's right. Cause because uh, National, <laughs> National Cabinet are going to meet today, so by the time we finish this podcast and turn on the turned on the tally, you might find that we've got a whole different set of yeah, rules to well, operate We'll try by. and turn it around so that it's out today, Tim. We'll get out today, Mark. We'll do that. Yeah, but, um, but I think that's really relevant to all you listening there. What we're trying to do is give you as much information as we can from people who are as much in the know as they can be because, as you, as you rightly say, Brett, things are changing so quickly. And, and if you don't have an account and if you're not happy, then I'm sure... So Brett's from Findex and you can... Yep, absolutely. What, what's their phone number, Brett? So we're located, oh, this doesn't really matter where we're located no, at the moment because you, a phone because number. you can't get to the office, uh, 5304 5700. Now, although our office is closed, we are all working and we're working probably harder than we have of more recent times. Our receptionists are working remotely as well. Uh, we've got a VoIP system whereby the receptionist can pick up the call remotely. She can then feed it through to our office desk phone, which is then diverted to the mobile. So if you ring that number, you'll get to speak to somebody. Well, it's really interesting because we're working remotely as well, and it was noted in our uh, in our uh, Zoom meetings that everybody's actually working more hours than they normally would because there's just that much to take in with all of these changes. So and there's that, and you're also saving the time in the morning about having to get dressed up in a suit, and you're saving the saving the time in the morning to get to work, and well, you're saving the time some, in the afternoon. I'm here in my suit today. I have seen some terrible hairdos on Zoom, but we're not going to talk about that at the moment. <laughs> But I think, um, I think that's probably, in my mind, about as much information as anybody can take think, in at I the moment. I think that's a, a good summary. I'll put some websites people can go for more. Speak to your accountant, speak to Findex. Just 
And, and I think what we've said too, Tim, is that we'll try and do these probably weekly at the moment. Uh, so we'll probably come with some more relevant information as much as we can next week. Yep. But uh, going back to the starting point of the podcast, at all times, seek your own advice. Use your practitioner that you're comfortable with. Ask the questions. I think that's the most important thing. Even though, Brett, you've been fantastic, and uh, I know that anybody who would give you a phone call is going to be uh, suitably impressed with your knowledge, which is fantastic of you coming on here today. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Tim. very more. Thanks, Brett. Yeah, thanks, Tim. Thanks, Brett. Very good. Um, We we haven't really mentioned our our regulars at this point in time, but I think that the nature of these podcasts at the moment is putting out information. But We hope you're all still listening, and uh, till the next one comes out, uh, it's goodbye from us. We'll see you then. Very good. Thank you. Bye now. Bye.